This episode of Nordic Nation is brought to you by the Masters World Cup 2018 to be held in Worth Park in downtown Minneapolis. All right, ladies. Up, 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 up. This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to Nordic Nation from Faster Skeeter. In this episode, we connect with U.S. ski team member Eric Bjornsson, who was in his adopted hometown of Anchorage, Alaska, back on October 25th. Originally from Washington's Matau Valley, Bjornsson has become a U.S. ski team vet. He trains with the APU Elite team and appears to be a North American skier on the rise. We'll talk sprinting and distance, ask a question received from his sister and U.S. ski team teammate, Sadie, and learn how, in fact, he'd like to see faster skier improved. Okay, let's start off with the basics. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm 26 years old. Uh, I think I was named to the team six years ago. Yeah, I think so. It might have been five, but six sounds about right. <laughs> And, you know, were you one of these phenoms? I mean, I'm assuming that you were just one of these junior phenoms, and it was clearly obvious uh, maybe early on that you were going to make that step to the international scene kind of full-time. I don't know if I was necessarily one of the phenoms, but uh, I I had some successful junior results. And then, yeah, they, they named me to the team, I believe, when I was – 19 turning 20 that summer and so yeah i mean i th- i think that I, I knew the coaches pretty well um matt whitcomb was doing quite a bit of development coaching back then so I had pretty close contact with him as well as pete bodenberg and so i was a, i was a little bit shocked when i got the call um of course it was my goal to make the national team but i was racing the ncaa circuit that year i was racing for a university of alaska anchorage and i had had a successful result at world juniors qualified 10th in the sprint and then i did get knocked out of the quarters but uh, i think i finished 14th on the day i think it was the one of the more successful full world junior results since probably andy and torn and bird as far as sprinting goes i'm not 100 percent sure about that so I, I mean i was feeling confident in my sprinting and then i just had a really successful um ncaa championships and finished second in the classic distance race there so i mean i think the the coaches saw something in me and i was probably had a the most successful year for the my age group and the, the junior males that year so yeah did you work much with Pete Vordenberg? I did, yeah. He was the development coach uh, the two years I was on the D team. Um, so, yeah, I worked with him for a couple of years. Gotcha. Okay. He is an interesting guy. <laughs> yeah, great guy. It seems like the U.S. ski team has had an easier time developing female athletes than male athletes. And, and I'm sure people could sit and debate that all day. And, um, but were you a little tentative at first and thinking, uh, you know, maybe I should just dial this back and, you know, stick in school another year? Or were you just like, I'm going to jump in head first and, and just see how this plays out? Um, it actually it made it an easier decision because that year my coach Tron Flagstaff, who is currently coaching UAA, he was 
changing programs. He was finishing building his house. So he, he decided to take a, a couple years off of coaching. Um, he's currently coaching the national junior program in, in Norway, but yeah, it made it an easier decision when he said that he was, you know, not going to be coaching UAA next year. And he had been a great coach. And then, uh, a few of the other freshmen who were strong that year at UAA were kind of like considering other options. And so that's when I, I talked to Eric Flora and, um, it seemed like the right decision to, to change schools and, move across the street and then once I got the call from the national team and they're like yeah we'd like you to be on the D team but we would like to see you race a little more in Europe and so it was kind of it was an easier decision for sure I was like okay yeah I'm cha- I'm not in the NCAA program but I am still able going to be able to get a scholarship from from APU and continue my academics over there and also being a you know great program, you know Keegan Randall and of course my sister Sadie were over there and a few other strong ones. Reese Hanneman was there and some older guys that I knew a little bit from Anchorage. So yeah, it was kind of just it was the right timing, and so it, it didn't end up being the hardest decision for me. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of curious. You know, we hear a lot about Flora. Yeah. You know, what, how has that relationship changed for you from when you were, I'm sure, I guess, probably sitting in the back of the room, and now it's like you're probably front and center uh, when it comes to training group? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's since I did, I was came up to Alaska to originally go to UAA. It was a little bit of a last minute decision. I was yeah, coming from Washington and the lower 48. Alaska seemed like this crazy place out in the middle of uh, nowhere um, and a place I never thought I would be for very long. And so, yeah, I mean, I went to UAA and then Florida definitely, I mean, he you could say he recruited me, but um, I mean, I would say the main reason I was at APU is because of my sister in the program. Um, I didn't, I don't think I actually talked to Flora until after Tron decided to stop at UAA and then it's like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go talk to this guy so I went and spent probably an hour in our wax room and he definitely got me pretty fired up anybody that knows Flora probably knows he's um you know he likes to talk and he's super excited about the sport and he's pretty good at getting people fired up so um I think I in my mind I'd kind of made up my decision already that I was going to transfer over to APU. But then, yeah, I mean, he definitely sealed the deal. And then to go back to your question, how's my relationship changed? Um, I mean, yeah, he's been yeah pretty hands-on and stuff in my, my training program. And I was working very closely with him um, the first few years now I've started spending, you know, more time on the World Cup, of course. Also spending some more time at camps and sp- spending some time in France. That now I've, <laughs> he definitely he helps me out quite a bit with big picture stuff. And then you know our program it is pretty big, so uh, <clears throat> you know I'd, I'd like to. Yeah, I mean it'd, it'd be great to have him around me more, but unfortunately, you know he's has a big crew to take care of. And so he's not able to spend all of his time in, in Europe in the winter. 
but yeah, I mean, he's just, he's been a crucial part of, of my training and coaching me so far and stuff. And I never thought I'd be where I am today in my, in my career. And I think that, uh, because of Flora, I, <laughs> I, I have to give a, a bunch of credit to him for sure. Like who do you actively work with when you're in Europe or do you, you know, consult, I'm assuming you consult with Eric a bit, but if you're looking for a little bit of technique feedback or do you consult with one of the U S coaches specifically? Um, yeah, Grover's the, he's the men's coach right now. So I, I work with Grover some, and then I work with Flora, you know, some by, I, I call him and stuff. And uh, the U S ski team coaches are pretty good about sending him videos. And I'm sure he watches most of the world cup. Sure. I would say I do quite a bit of my own coaching. So I spend quite a bit of time watching world cup videos myself. And it's, it's been great being over on the world cup so much the last few years. Cause you can just learn so much from skiing around these guys. And I mean, I have a pretty good like image of my, in my head of what I need to ski like and what the top guys, the way they're moving just cause I've spent, you know, so much time around those guys. Who do you, uh, cause I mean, I, somebody's not the tallest guy. And I think how tall are you? Like six two or something? Six three? Yeah, I'm I'm six two. Okay. Is there a specific athlete who you are like? Yeah, that's that's a guy I want to emulate, or a gal for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, before I showed up on the World Cup, I thought all those guys were pretty big. Um, and then once I spent more time over there, I started to realize I I am probably one of the bigger guys or I'm on the big side of uh, world yeah. cup athletes. And there are definitely some guys that are taller than me, but you know, I, I don't pay attention to, or I'm not looking at size when I'm like trying to focus on technique and stuff and analyze other athletes. It's like, it seems like the good athletes right now are, are moving in a certain way. I mean, definitely the, the top 20 guys, you could say, I, I just try to, kind of mimic what they're doing and they're I don't know the way that I think about it is I I really feel like those guys are they're floating and they have like good snap and stuff and so I I don't know I just try to focus on that I mean of course I grew up kind of watching Nortug style and then I people have kind of adapted to that and a lot of people are moving like that and there's some new things going on as well but I mean, I spend quite a bit of time around the French guys as well. So for improving my skating, it's been super helpful to spend more time around those guys. And there's a couple of them that I've become pretty good friends with. So they've helped me a little bit with technique as, as well and pointed out a few things. So Okay. Well, we're, we're definitely going to touch on the on, on your French yeah. and France. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, okay. Going back to APU a bit. It, so it sounds like this summer... Uh, there were a bunch of young guys uh, that were training either with you or around you. Did you take on a new role or kind of a new excitement at all this summer being around those younger skiers? And if so, you know, what was it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been great to have some younger guys around. The last couple years, it's been kind of, yeah, a group of six or seven of us guys that were all around the same age and that have grown up racing each other and most of them are Alaskans but uh so yeah I mean it's been fun to kind of change up the group dynamic I wouldn't say that I'm more of a role model than 
some of the other guys. But yeah, it's just been it's fun to have some some new excitement, and there's so much potential in those group of guys that it's like it's inspiring to you know to have them around and see what they're capable of and also have them pushing us um i mean there's a couple of them that just are so quick it's like in speed and stuff it's amazing and so yeah i mean it's been it's been great for my training as well as um for my head as well to just have that new excitement in the group and yeah they're they're some fun guys for sure (laughs) you know are you more of a joker or serious or kind of what's your, you know, everyone sort of always takes on a role in a group. I'm curious, like what your role might be with the ski team or at APU. Um, I mean, I think I'm a, a little bit of both. I mean, I like to think that I'm, I'm pretty serious once the training, um, you know, once we get to, um, down to the serious training and stuff, but yeah, I also like to have fun and stuff and, uh, joke around and I, you know, I enjoy having the young, funny, funny dudes around to, to lighten up the, the atmosphere and stuff. And, uh, I mean, it seems like the atmosphere and the, the U S ski team is, you know, it changes. I mean, when I first showed up, I remember my first camp in, in Bend, um, and it was Skylar and I were on the D team, and at that time, we didn't know some of the older guys as well, like, you know, Chris Freeman and and uh, Andy and Simi and stuff, and I definitely, I remember once, like, Skylar and I were up in our rooms, like, peeking out the window, and we, we saw chris freeman walking down the street and just looking like a machine and i don't know what he was doing but he was looking so serious and we were you know joking around and pretty scared and stuff but i mean i think it's i think it's good to have some young guys around and to to keep the atmosphere pretty fun and so yeah i I mean I, i like to think i'm a little bit of both Hey folks, a quick break here to read a note from our sponsor. This episode of Nordic Nation is brought to you by the 2018 Masters World Cup in Minneapolis, Minnesota. If you are concerned about the prospect of low snow, here's Masters World Cup Chief of Competition Nels Deisty to alleviate any low snow fears. We've had a lot of large races here at Worth Park, and so we're kind of prepared for everything. We've had huge snow years where we've been able to ski into May and lower snow years. Right now, we have snowmaking capabilities on a little over three and a half kilometers. And over the summer, we've been making some big investments. We have a water cooling tower, increased snowmaking, and grooming equipment. And uh, we expect to be able to to groom out a, a little over seven and a half kilometers here this winter. Registration for the Masters World Cup in Minneapolis, Minnesota is open. You can go to mwc2018.com for all the details. Okay, back to the Eric Bjornsson interview. It sounds like you made some uh, changes in your training this summer, or at least this, you know, during the off season. So did you make any changes in your training? And and if so, what were they? Yeah, um, I mean, I think... Definitely over like the last couple of years, and I spent a lot of time like talking with Hoff and stuff on the World Cup. We've been kind of the two more consistent distance skiers that have been over in Europe the last couple of years, and for sure we've been a little frustrated to to not be more competitive. Every year we get near the the springtime, and it's like all right, 
all right, dude, we, we have to make a change. Like, how are we going to make the, to the next step? It's like, we can't just continue doing the same thing. There's got to be something. So, you know, I always make like a long list of things I'm going to change and ways I can do it. And then it gets into this, the training year. And <laughs> a lot of times you end up kind of doing the same things. But this year I was happy. I, I did feel like I was able to make some change, small changes in my training. Um, I did spend quite a bit more time on roller skis than I, I had in the past. And I stayed relatively injury free. I had a few flare ups just from just normal things from spending so much time out there. But I was I'm feeling good about my my roller skiing and hopefully that specific training will transfer over to, to snow. You know, one of my big goals for next year is in the the skate team sprint in Pyeongchang. So I had that on my mind quite a bit throughout the summer and so spent more time skate roller skiing than I ever have in the past, that's for sure. So um, I would say that's the biggest change I've made. Anything different in terms of upper body strength? Um, I mean, I think, yeah, all the double pull has probably translated over to feeling a little stronger in their upper body. Um, We always get our body comp kind of tests done in park city in the fall camp and uh i mean measurement wise i don't feel like i've and weight wise i actually haven't the body hasn't changed too much in the specs but i think i mean my upper body is feeling stronger my double pulling is feeling stronger you know the time trials that we do and stuff it's it's showing good results so we'll see it sounds like you have won every single time trial that you have entered this summer, including two U.S. ski team time trials uh, in the summer and fall. And uh, it sounds like that's a new thing for you. Were you surprised by, I'm assuming this is all accurate information, and did those results surprise you at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do feel like I had some good time trials this year. I actually, I can't say that i won every time trial though i i think that uh there's at least one that's popping up in my head that i did get second in a in a sprint here in anchorage among the apu men but yeah i mean i was i'm happy that i i mean i was feeling good in the the training and also the the roller ski time trials there in park city there's been a lot of them that i've ended up like fourth or fifth and so yeah this year was a 15k classic and i think a lot of times i've done 15k skate there in park city so that's you know that's helped out and uh i mean i was yeah i'm 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 psyched roller time trials though don't always necessarily transfer over to skiing unfortunately but uh we'll we'll see and we got a couple more coming up here next week here in anchorage on snow so i think i will have an even better um, kind of glimpse of where, where I'm at. Are you one of these athletes who it takes a bit of time to transfer technique and power application to snow once you make that transition? Um, I mean, over the last few years, I feel like I've just spent so much time on snow between like the Ben camp and then three on snow camps throughout the summer on Eagle Glacier that I start to feel like when I hop on skis in the fall that, I mean, I remember I used to feel like, oh man, these skis are so long and I feel like my balance is off. But now it's like I hop on skis and it 
it feels like, you know, it's been a week or two since I haven't been on snow, but I, I it doesn't feel like, uh, like it used to, that it was like always so awkward. I mean, I, I feel like after one or two sessions on snow, it, I feel like I'm back to where I was at, if not hopefully better. I mean, today we fired off some, some L4 intervals. It was probably my sixth or seventh day on snow. I mean, it felt pretty good, especially considering that there was a few inches of fresh snow out there. The tracks weren't perfect, but I mean, I felt pretty comfortable on snow. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's been one of the big benefits of being up here in Alaska the last few years is just being able to spend so much time on snow that I don't have those like awkward feelings that I used to when I hop on snow in the fall. Do you tend to be someone who, or or from your perception, that things might not be the way they are if you hadn't really had, one, a core group of guys to ski with at APU? I mean, there there is that core group that's been around for a while. Is that something that you need from your perception? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's super important to have guys that can push you. I mean, I, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that I wouldn't have been able to make it to where I'm at today without like a, a core group of guys to push me. I mean, it's, I, I definitely, I'm super motivated by someone like being next to me and pushing me. I often, I prefer mass starts. I think because of that reason, it's like I can push myself harder um, when I have someone next to me. And I think that I don't mind training alone for like easy distance sessions. And I actually, over the last couple of years, I have spent quite a bit of time training alone, but for intensity, I mean, I, I've done probably 95% of my intensity this summer has been with someone else. And I think that's just, it's so beneficial for me. Um, I know there's guys like Johan Olsen who can go out in the woods and train by himself for a year or two and show up and win Olympic medals, but that's definitely not for me. I need someone who's going to help me push and make it to the, you know, the red zone or whatever. So, uh, I mean, I've been lucky to have guys that can, I mean, I, I'm not winning many sessions, like training sessions here in Alaska. It's just uh, there's a lot of guys that, like, every time we show up to practice, they're ready to throw down. And that's just that's something that's hard to find in the U.S. I mean, I know there's some clubs that have that. But, uh, I mean, I think that that's been so helpful for me. Do you consider yourself a stronger classic skier than a skate skier? I do, yeah. I mean, I still classic just feels so natural to me i mean i'm trying to get my skating at the same level uh i don't know if it'll ever happen i'm feeling good skating right now but it's just like yeah i mean classic skiing just it feels right to me (laughs) and i think sadie would probably in the past would have considered herself a stronger classic skier yeah you know it sounds like she really sort of re-embraced the skate technique last year. Did you have an experience like that at all? Were you like, okay, man, I'm really digging this? Or Yeah, I mean, last year I actually had, I think, yeah, I think my most successful World Cup results were, were in skate skiing. Um, at World Champs, my best was in Classic, for sure. But, um, yeah, I had two, I had, I think, two top 20s last year, and, and skate skiing and so i mean the the great thing about skate skiing is like i think it's just 
a lot easier to wax for. Um, I mean, unfortunately, our waxing crew is going up against some of the the best waxing crews and with a ton of financial support and a lot more manpower. So I think, I mean, it's, I think we're always going to be a little bit the underdogs when it comes to waxing. So with skate skiing, I think it's a little bit easier to nail the wax. And so I just feel like in skate skiing and skate races, there's a better chance for me to be competitive when it comes to like waxing and stuff. So I'm trying to, enjoy the skate races more just a little bit for that reason i mean it sounds like you guys will have the wax bus up and running this season is that right yeah it is are you on the side of it like i haven't seen any photos or anything i am on the side yeah are you fired up about that dang i know my gosh i know (laughs) who like who is it the whole team on there or like who's whose images are on it do you know Uh, it's individual racing shots okay so yeah i think i think that most of the a and b team are on there but you know as someone who covers the sport i think oh eric bjornson that dude's an all-rounder you know on any given day you know he can pop a top 20 a top 10 in a sprint or a distance race do you ever in your mind think okay boy i need to continue what I'm doing or that in the future, maybe it's like, you know, maybe I am more of a sprinter or more of a distance racer. I'm just kind of curious how you gauge that. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Something I've asked myself quite a bit. I think that it was always my goal to like be an all rounder. I thought the best athletes in the world, they can do it both sprint and distance. Um, and then I've come to realize over the last few years that to be the best in the world, uh, it's a little bit higher level than I was expecting. Um, but I've continued to kind of train as an all arounder as I've increased my training load. I feel like my, I've gotten my fast twitch muscles aren't quite what they used to be. I guess I consider myself a little bit more of a distance skier, but sprints these days are so long. And, uh, I mean, if you're going to make it to a final or make it past the, the quarters, you're racing, you're skiing quite a bit in that day. And I think in order to make it to the, you know, the, the podium, even the best sprinters, I mean, they're, they could throw down in a distance race. Some of them do, and some of them don't like, I mean, Pellegrino, you don't see him do a lot of distance races, but I mean, I, I think that if he was a little bit more focused, he could probably, uh, I think there's no doubt he could be on the podium in a distance race. I mean, I've considered trying to focus more on one than the other. And if I, if I was going to, I think I would lean a little bit more towards the, the distance side. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like these sprints are often probably feel like a distance race on your body. Do you think maybe that's why you and Simi did so well in Lottie? I think you guys placed fifth in the team sprint. Yes, we did. Um, I think that for sure for a team sprint, you have to have some distance skiing in you. I mean, there's just, there's no pure sprinters that can do well in a, in a team sprint, in my opinion. I mean, racing it, it definitely feels like a distance race, especially by the time you get to the final. Um, I mean, sometimes between the semi and the final, it can be pretty short. I think like 
30, 40 minutes. So you don't have, it's not like we're getting done with the semifinal and we're going and like sitting inside and, and waiting to, to race again. I mean, you're out there testing skis and, you know, trying to do a little bit of intensity prior to the final to, to warm up again. So it's a, it's a very hard day. And by the time you get to that last lap, of the final, which is the most important part. Um, I mean, you're pretty well worked over. So <laughs> do you think, would you consider you and Simi an underdog at the Olympics at this point? I mean, you know, just, uh, you guys had an awesome race in Lati, and I'm just kind of curious when you're training together and say in park city, is there an underdog aspect to it? Or is there an aspect to it? That's like, damn, there's no reason to think that we can't podium. Yeah. I mean, both Simi and I fully believe that, that we can podium. Um, and I, I mean, we're very fired up about it. Um, and of course you can't count guys like Andy out of it as well. And Mm -hmm. three of us are pretty excited and, um, you know, the two best that week will be on the team, but for sure we're underdogs. I mean, I'd be surprised if guys like, the Norwegians or the Swedish or the Russian were thinking like, we're going to have to beat those Americans. You know, I don't think they're really worried about us, but you know, that's kind of, that's a fun part of it as well. I think there's a lot of Americans that believe in us and think that we can make it happen. But internationally, I don't think anybody's really thinking about the American men for that podium. But I mean, as we've shown in the past, I mean, we were sixth in Sochi and, and fifth in, uh, and Lati last year. So, I mean, I think that there's no doubt that, that we can get a podium. You know, it just comes down to the day and wax and um, fitness at, at that point. But, I mean, as we saw last year, like, you know, some two teams could easily crash out as well. <laughs> I mean, we were pretty pretty close once those Norwegian and the Norwegian and the Finnish guy, you know, went down. It's like, oh, man, if we would have been like, 10 seconds closer to that lead pack we possibly could have walked away with a medal you know most people don't want to win a medal from people falling but i'd happily take home a medal if i mean that's cross-country ski racing so i mean i think we can straight up get on the podium i mean it's just i mean coming down to that that last lap if we can be in the mix i mean i i think personally i have the distance skiing to like be able to lay down a sprint on that last lap and you just never know what's going to happen so i I mean i think we're both really excited about it every time we've gotten together this summer it's like we're kind of like dude we like might have a shot at winning a medal and it's just like something we get so excited about and i think it's been really motivating for for all of us on the team this summer oh well that's yeah i mean that's part of the Part. I mean, I'm sure you remember. It was like it seemed like there were three races in a row where it was just a broken pole, a fall, yeah. just craziness. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming it's great having your sister, you know, in the World Cup with you. You know, what sort of role does she play as you evolve as a skier? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I probably wouldn't be still skiing if it wasn't for her. I mean, she's kind of always been the the one that's kind of shown me the way and shown me the opportunities. And, um, I mean, I think one of the first times was when she qualified for, 
um, junior nationals. I guess my oldest sister, Kaylee, qualified for junior nationals first, and I s- saw her go off to uh, McCall, Idaho, and Fairbanks, Alaska, and go on these like super cool trips and stuff. And I was like, you know, I want to, I want to do that. So I'm going to train a little bit harder. And then again, it happened when Sadie went to, uh, I think it was Italy for her first World Juniors. And seeing all the videos and pictures and stuff, it's like, okay, that's so fun. I'm, I'm going to train a little bit harder. And that's kind of the way it's always been is like, you know, she's kind of shown me the way and she's always been kind of one step ahead of me um, as well as just a more successful athlete. So, uh, I mean, it's been super motivating and fun to have her there. And then, you know, having her on the, the World Cup now, having some family on the road, it's, yeah, it's super, super nice. You know, it's a long time to be on the road and stuff. And luckily, my fiance has a, a place in France and has lived there the last few years. So I've been able to kind of sneak away and spend some time with her. But yeah, I mean, having having Sadie on the road for the hard times and when the racing is not going well, it's just, it's so nice to have some family that can support you and, um, that you can go wine to. And <laughs> so you, you said that you thought, and I, that maybe she was the better athlete. You still feel that way? Oh yeah, for sure. I don't think anybody would argue that. <laughs> what makes you say that from like a results standpoint? And I don't want to, I'm just kind of curious, like, kind of flesh out the relationship a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, results-wise is probably the biggest thing. But, yeah, I mean, she's always been uh, – she's a very focused and serious athlete. And, I mean, to reach the level that she has, I mean, she's got a World Cup medal and um, what World Championship medals and stuff. So, I mean, to reach that level, you have to be just – so strong and so focused and um you know give up so much and yeah i would say that she's probably been a little more serious and and focused and um sacrificed more than i have i mean that's why she's had the results and the reason that she deserves it but i like to like to say that a lot of people think i'm more talented um (laughs) don't be so hard on yourself (laughs) no i mean um i I mean, I, I'm incredibly proud of my sister. Most people I think are surprised that I'm like not more jealous. I don't know if it's cause like she's a girl and I'm a guy, but it would be harder if we were both boys. But I, you know, I've never felt, I don't think I've ever really felt jealous. I probably have a couple of times, but I mean, not that I can recall. Um, I mean, I've always just been happy for, her and I think part of the reason is cause I've, you know, I've been, I've been beside her the whole way and I've seen how hard she really has worked for it. I mean, she deserves it for sure. Yeah. 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 I always, yeah. She's appears to be, you know, very focused, uh, goal oriented. Yeah. And, so, okay. How is your French? Uh, it's not, not very good at all. Really? Like you, you can you, uh, yeah, okay. if we're going to be really honest, it's, it's pretty bad. Did you take French in high school? No, I took Spanish. Okay. So, um, is it, am I pronouncing it correctly? Marine? Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's close. Yeah. So you folks clearly speak English in the house. We do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, sometimes she screams some French at me, and I, <laughs> sure. I, I've actually I've learned to understand quite a bit of French, um, just because I've spent so much time around it. Uh, and so, like when she's speaking French and stuff with her friends, I listen along, and then I answer and talk and stuff in English. Okay, all right. 
Think about this for a sec. What frustrates you the most about faster skier? And, you know, whether or not, or what would you change to make it, you know, or to improve it? I don't know. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty big question. Um, I guess what I'd like to see on faster skier, and this is, uh, I follow Ski Nordique, the French websites, you know, similar to faster skier. And they have a lot of like, they follow the gossip quite a bit um, and post a lot about that, which I think, you know, I wouldn't appreciate it if it was about me, but I think it's a good idea. And if you want an inside source, I'd be happy to, to dig up some gossip for you. But so I will, I may take you up on that. (laughs) Yeah. So the first gossip is, um, and this again is a Sadie question. Uh, you have a new nephew. I do. And apparently it was love at first sight. Yeah. Okay. Um, and how old is your older sister? Um, she just turned 30. Okay. Are there any babies in your future? We're going to start like this is the gossip right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to say anything, but, uh, Marianne, she's actually eight months pregnant. Really? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I was like, <laughs> uh, no, I uh, well, because eight months—that's like you know, I have kids. That's pretty far along. Ouch. I'm like, I'm sure Gavin, Ouch. Gavin would have been <laughs> all over that. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I think we will hold off for at least a few years. Is is our plan? Okay. Um, yeah. All right. I think I've pretty much asked. Uh, so, but, but I mean, all in all seriousness, I mean, you yeah. think, uh, people dig that gossip stuff. Yeah. I don't know what kind of gossip. I don't know. I think it's more just like they do on, on uh, ski Nordique. I'm, I'm sure you, you probably know that site, right? Have you looked? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think they do a lot of like <laughs> short articles too. And I didn't necessarily mean on like, uh, you know, relationships, but more like, they have a lot of like international stuff too. So I go there cause yeah. it's like, Oh, uh, Nordrug's training in Stelvio. Like check out this photo that he posted from Instagram. And like, they also have this photo of like, he seems to be partying hard or something. And then they got this photo of him. Like, I don't know, in a club somewhere. I'm just trying to come up with some examples, but like short things like, uh, gotcha. I don't know. Um, Rosie Brennan's and uh, she like posted a photo from, you know, we always go to get our visa in um, LA. So you could be like, Oh, Rosie Brennan took a stop in LA for the weekend. Like she just posted a photo on the beach or something. I, I don't know. It's just short stuff like that. Um, Dude, I don't know if I have that in me, but I yeah, hear you. I know. I know. It's like at the same time, I wouldn't, uh, necessarily appreciate it if it's about me and i think that's kind of the american way is like we are a little bit more private and the athletes like i'm always amazed at like um the athletes read faster skier quite a bit i mean i i haven't read it the last couple years just because i mean i remember it was in val de fiem that there was an article written about me and making the world championship team and how like some people, some like 
you know, some people commented how it wasn't right or something like that. And I took it quite personal and kind of ever since then I was just like, you know, I don't necessarily need to read the, the news on skiing. If it's, you know, some things I'm probably like not going to appreciate. So, um, but I know like there are quite a few of the, the U S ski team members who, keep a pretty close eye as well as the coaches oh on faster skier really yeah yeah it's funny because i feel like every single athlete i've spoken to they're like dude i haven't looked at faster skier in five years you yeah. know because for that very reason um right and i get it it's like man the toll it must take on you guys in particular the guys to be judged yeah, I just frankly, I I have a hard time. I, every time I write a sentence about results, yeah, I'd, I have a hard time with it personally because I feel like I just compartmentalized a person, and yeah. it's so not who that person is, right? Right, but the person, well, sure, yeah, I'm sure, it's a very tricky situation for you. Um, I mean, yeah, that's, that's well, it's just I I, I just. I'm older, I have kids and I know how damaging that can be. Right. You know? Um, anyway, okay. Well, you should, I, I I don't think I've ever read anything. I don't know. Maybe I'm not focusing, but I think mostly positive stuff about Eric Bjornsson on faster skier. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) Um, okay. Any other, I think we got it all in there. Anything you'd want to address? No, I don't think so. You know, hoping you have a great season. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll be in contact more here pretty soon. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, enjoy the snow. And I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Perfect. Thanks, Jason. All right. Take care, Eric. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Eric Bjornsson interview on Nordic Nation. 